God came to me in a vision and He told me, you don't have much time here on earth, but you must tell your story from the beginning first. He said, how do you plan on sharing your story? I said, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to go about it. He said, you need to write a book. I said, but I've never written anything but a poem my whole life. He said, you don't have to write it. God's going to give you the words. You just pray and he'll give you those words that you need to write the book. So I said, okay, well, that was in October last year. The next day I woke up, I prayed for God to give me words. And he did, and it just came flowing out of me. So I was devoted two to three hours a day writing, and Kurt had told me to keep him updated, you know, and gave me his email address. And I would email him and tell him where I was on what chapter I was on. When I finished the book, he, in January, he asked me to send him the manuscript that he wanted to read it. And he read it, and he sent me back a forward. Beautiful forward. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. Hello, I'm Michael Blaze, CEO and founder of Kadosh Media. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. We truly believe it's an honor to work with Michelle and Altered Stories Ministry. Our goal here at Kadosh Media is to give the remnant a voice and to draw people to Christ through the power of podcasting. If you would like to see what a podcast can do for your ministry, we would love to speak with you. Just send an email to Michael at kadoshmedia.com. That's K-A-D-O-S-H-M-E-D-I-A with the subject line, new podcast. We will set up a time for you to meet with us and to take it from there. Now, please enjoy the podcast. Hello, Altered Stories Show listeners. This is your Chief Storyteller host, Michelle Saunders Gutch. And welcome to Daisy's Unexpected Moments God's Story bonus episode. Thank you for listening to my show that shares Christian women's God stories around the world and is part of the Spark Media Network and can be heard on the Edify app, one of the world's most powerful Christian apps. Friends, I hope all is well. And friends, I have got an incredible God story for you that you're going to want to hear. And today, I am really blessed, honored, and very excited to bring to the mic a lovely, lovely, godly woman and very special guest, Daisy Page. Daisy, I'm going to say a few words about her and let her then share more about who she is, but she is a Texas native. She's a wife, mom of three, author of Unexpected Moments, a book 
that has been endorsed by Kirk Cameron, who is an American Christian actor and evangelist and is best known for his role as Mike Seaver on the ABC sitcom Growing Pains. I loved that show, friends. Uh, And I do really respect and uh, think that this is wonderful that he is endorsing her book. And Daisy, let me share a little bit more about her. As I know, she's a speaker and an overcomer, friends. She's overcome the odds of sexual, physical, and emotional abuse. And friends, she also has a rare terminal condition known as MSA, multi-system atrophy. And we're going to learn more about that condition as she shares her God story with you. So now let's get to know her. Welcome, Daisy, to the show. Thank you, Michelle. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm trying to keep busy. Uh, I've got more work to do, so I'm doing what God wants me to do and sharing my story. And, you know, I just love the t-shirt that you have. And it says, Daisy, what is it? 2022. It's got a Daisy flower and... Yeah, it's a daisy thon 2022, and you all are raising money and awareness for this disease that you are battling right now. Yes. Mainly, we want to create awareness because it's so unknown. You know, only four, four people out of every 100,000 people in the U.S. are diagnosed with it. So it's really extremely rare. Well, we'll definitely have to get that up there on your episode page once we launch this. But I would like to know if there's anything that you would like to share with my listeners on a personal note that I haven't. I mean, there's so much to your story and you're going to share a lot tonight with the listeners about your God story. But is there anything personally that you want to share? that wouldn't be shared in your God story. I would just like to say, and I like to say this every time I, I speak, I think it's very important that we not take our life for granted because you never know what one second, one minute, one week, one month, one year will bring you. Um, it could all change in the blink of an eye. I'm, I'm talking about even you know, your basic daily tasks as far as just walking or brushing your teeth your hair, washing your hair, you know, just just the little simple things in life. They don't become, they may not become so simple as they have in mine. And if I had one thing I could do, I would just go back and where, where I could walk and where I could do those simple things in life and thank God every day that I can do them. Those are great words, Daisy. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I would love to hear from you. Now, I know you've been on several podcasts and you've got Facebook page, you're out there promoting your book, all those things. So what I'd love to hear from you is why you think women should do this. Why should people share their God stories? So that they can make other women know or other people, other victims know that they're not alone, that other people have been through it and we've made it through and you can too. There's always a way out. Just have to have faith mainly 
you have faith, you can make it through anything because God doesn't put you through more than you can handle. I appreciate that in the insight there. And, you know, you and I have talked about this, but I just thought it'd be fun to get your perspective on that as we move forward now into what you're going to share with my listeners tonight. And we have listeners all over the world. We have over 13,000 now. And, you know, our listeners are from all different cultures, all different denominations. Some are faith believers, some are not. But I know that you're going to inspire them with what you're going to share tonight and on this podcast. So, or today, it will be today, I'm sure when this will be um, launched. So, Daisy, do tell us, where does your unexpected moments God's story begin? It begins very early in my life um, as a very young child. Probably, um, well, as a baby is where my story begins. So um, there's a lot about my life that goes from when I was a baby up until I would say I was about 34 years old. So it's a lot of years I cover in this book. And can you share some of that with us? Um, Can you just kind of take us back to set the stage for the story of your book and kind of share with us? You know, what transpired? Sure. I was a very devoted Christian, even as a young child. My mom was a pianist at the church, so I was there for choir practice and would study my Bible then. And I went to church camp every year, vacation Bible school at every church around us in the community that I was having one and I could sit in and I was going to. Um, I loved learning about the Bible, and by the age of 10, I had read the read the Bible from the front to the end. I had a devotion every morning. I would get up before school, have my time with God before I started my day, and I ended my day with God. Extracurricular activity consisted of learning about the Bible. And um, about the age, right before, right after I became a Christian, I learned that my my mom wasn't my real mom. She she was my stepmom, and uh, my mother had been killed when I was a baby in a car accident. My brother began molesting me, and he blamed me for my mother's death and told me that if I would not have been born, that she'd still be alive, and he'd still have his mother, and he was going to continue to be mean to me. And he did that for about five, almost five years. And when he moved out of the house, I was so happy, and, you know, my aunt caught him the first time he did it, but she took us down and prayed about it. And she said in the prayer that she, she hoped this was just childhood curiosity and that it would not be ongoing. And then, you know, to forgive my brother for what he had done. And so I thought I wasn't supposed to tell anyone because she didn't, you know. And as soon as he moved out and I, got, I was in high school, I was 14, um, my very first boyfriend raped me. And the same year, I was drugged with LSD and PCP from a guy that had asked me out at a store that was near the school. And he was lacing all girls that asked him, that he asked out, and they turned, they turned him down. Well, my father was a police officer. And so when they learned that we were being laced, he got on the case and they went to bust him. And uh, he pulled a gun out on the police officer, so they shot and killed him. 
And when my father came home and told me about the incident, I blamed myself, of course, because everything else that had gone on in my life. And, you know, I was questioning God, you know, here I am, a true devoted believer of you. I devote my whole life to you. And all I get is pain. Or is that life? Is that how life is supposed to be? You know, because it had been all I'd known, really. I I tried to commit suicide. And I was found. I took some pills. And so being committed in a mental health center, the therapist had a session where she interviewed my brother and my father. And she told me to share what was going on. So I shared that about, about the rape first, and my brother got upset, and he said, who is he? I'm going to go and kick his butt. I said, why? What you've done to me is so much worse. And my, my dad was like, what are you talking about? I said, he, right, he molested me for four and a half years. And he said, no, I didn't. I did that one time out of childhood curiosity. And you, you, you're delusional. You got it mixed up with your rape or something. And Maybe you really did belong here. So the therapist asked him to leave the room and told my father, you know, this is really what's happened to her. She's traumatized. She has really been abused and she's been raped and she's been drugged. She's been through a lot at only 14 years of age. You know, my father didn't believe me. He didn't. I guess he was in denial. He couldn't believe that his own son would do something like that to his daughter. So... There was a huge gap in our relationship growing up after that. And I, all I did was want to, I wanted to leave the home. I wanted out of there so bad. So I finally, I got a really good boyfriend. He went to church with me. He was really decent to me. He never pursued me. Made me feel like a, a person for a change. But I myself thought I didn't deserve that because all I had known is pain. And so I broke it off with him. And then I, I ended up with another guy, and I got pregnant at um, the age of 16. And so I wanted out, because I wanted out of the house, I believe it. You know, I, I got pregnant intentionally to get out of the house. I ended up moving in with the baby's father and um, his family after I had the baby. My father was like, you're not going to graduate now. You're, you're, you've ruined your life, this and that. And... Um, I graduated. I had graduation with my baby. She got to graduate with me and show off on stage. It was like one of the happiest days of my life. My father was there, but I wasn't speaking with him at the time because he denied that and he just kind of talked me down that I wouldn't graduate, you know. So a little bit later, we, we began to talk and... Six months later, after we started talking again, my father was possibly murdered. And so then I was there, you know, 20 years old. I was six months pregnant with my second child when he got killed. He was in an election and he um, uncovered a lot of corrupt activity. And he was getting threatening phone calls and I told him the night that he got killed that they knew what he was wearing. They were watching him. He better watch his sh- over his shoulder. And he was found early morning under a car that had nothing wrong with it. You know, and he was supposedly crushed to death by the car. And um, we took the car to a mechanic. And my, my sister and I, my, I have a younger half-sister, 
and the mechanic had it up on the lift and he said, you know, we're videoing. There's nothing wrong with this car. You see that scrape right there? That This car was kicked out from under the, the jack, jack, or the jack was kicked out from under the car. And a week later, that mechanic ended up, he, he was dead. So every time somebody got involved in the case, they became either, they got threatening phone calls and they were too scared, they backed away. We started getting threatening phone calls. We would tell the police they would put a tap on the phone. As soon as they put a tap on the phone, it would stop. They'd take the tap off the phone and they would start back up again. So I was scared for my life. I was scared for my children's life. Um, I had the baby and my husband ended up going to jail for a probation violation from something when he was uh, 18 before we got together. And when he was in jail, I had the baby. And here I am, a single mom with two children. My dad had just been murdered. My baby had colic, so she was keeping me up all night. I had postpartum on top of all the traumatic events going on. And I was like, I can't take it anymore. I'm just, I'm going to end it again. And my sister-in-law, she said, why are you going to do a permanent solution to a temporary problem? She said, this will pass. You will get through it. I'm here for you. She said, I'll watch the babies. You go for a ride. Just get some new time in. Go see some friends. Get away. So that's what I did. And I, my husband got out. He was very abusive, though. I had three children. I have three children with him. And they're all grown up now. I'm, I couldn't be so more much proud of them than I am. They all turned out wonderful. And it's hard to believe as much as they witnessed what they grew up around. But I mean, they would be in the room where he would beat me, where there was blood everywhere, where it looked like somebody was just slaughtered, you know. I would have to go to the hospital and get layers of stitches. Tell the doctor, oh, I've tripped over the threshold walking in with carrying groceries, you know, always covered for him. Well, Wes, he was a good boyfriend and that I, that I didn't think I deserved and I let go. I um, would get on my knees in the corner and pray, Lord, just bring Wes back. I'm sorry I, I let him go. He, I didn't think I deserved him, but now I believe everyone deserves good. They don't deserve bad. I want it out of the bad situation. I want Wes back in my life. Well, two days later, I got an email classmates.com it was Wes and we started talking on the computer I'm just catching up you know I've been telling him about my dad and everything and my husband caught us talking on a computer and he called his girlfriend he had been running around behind behind my back for two years and told her to come get me she's on the phone on the computer talking to her ex-boyfriend so Wes came because even though my husband left the house he would come back and he would still beat on me. And Wes helped me get into a, another apartment and moved in and situated and everything. And then one day I got off work and Wes was gone. He was, he was just gone. No goodbye or anything. So I brought my heart again and I thought, well, I guess I was right. I don't deserve good. Um, and I said, Lord, why did you take him from me again out of my life? 
Last time it was my choice. This time he just left. And the Lord said, he he did his purpose. He got you out of a bad situation that you would have never gotten out of on, on your own. He served his purpose, so he's no, no longer needed. He was an earth angel. And it wasn't long after that. I was having trouble paying the bills, being a single mom, making $8.50 an hour back then with three kids, you know. And I had a visit from another earth angel. You know, I prayed to Lord. I said, God, I need your help. I Christmas is coming up. I can't pay the bills as it is. I'm definitely not going to be able to afford Christmas. They know the meaning of Christmas. They know it's God's birthday. But it would be my wish to see the joy on their faces on Christmas morning and just light my soul. Seeing those smiles that I haven't seen in such a long time. There was a ring at the doorbell. The doorbell rang. So I went to the door. And no one was there, but there was a bicycle and there was big, huge bags of toys, clothes, all uh, more gifts that I could ever afford for them and more gifts that they ever got when I was with their dad. I had to put some back for the birthdays and stuff. You know, there's so many things, but that was God. He provided it was an anonymous gifter earth angel i so believe there's earth angels here on earth and they help us anytime we're in need if we just have faith we really can't make it through if we didn't have these earth angels i had an earth angel that i had for five years um a christian therapist she was gonna see me six times and not charged me she's ended up seeing me for five years and still hasn't charged me she said god told her she had to be there for me so I believe she's another earth angel because every time I get down and depressed, especially now, it seems like that day it's time to talk to her. My husband that I'm married to now, we've been married and happy for 12 years. We've been married. We've been together for 15 years. I've known him since I was five years old. He's so we've known each other for 44 years. He knows my kids. He's known them since they were born. And it was such an easy transition for us to get together. His mother knew we were going to be together um, 10 years before we were. Um, He's a godsend. He takes 100% care of me now. I couldn't make it without him. And my kids even call him and thank him for taking care of their mother. My son's in the Air Force, so I haven't really seen him much in almost eight years. But... Um, he still calls their, they lost their father. So my, um, my son will call and say, where's dad? You know, talking about my husband now. I need to talk to him. You know, when he tells him after mom passes away, I want to take care of you because you take really good care of my mom. And I really appreciate it. My daughter tells him the same thing. Hey, we're family. We, you may not be my dad, but you've taken more better care of me than my dad ever would have. You know. I don't want to give too much of the book away, but I'm kind of. I think what you've shared is really phenomenal. And really, I just kind of wanted to set the precedent for where you are and what brought you to your calling and writing your book and also the calling that God has on you right now to um, move forward in um, 
this awareness for this disease that you have. And I would love you to share with the audience a little bit more about that because it's called MSA. Explain to us kind of what what you're enduring and where you're at with your care and kind of how God has resolved that, that journey with you. They thought I had Parkinson's at first because it starts off as losing coordination, balance, dropping things easily, just shaking and jerking, rigid muscle movements, you know. So I was misdiagnosed for two years. And there's two different types of MSA. There's MSAP, which is Parkinsonism. And then there's MSAC, which is cerebellar. What it is, is your autonomic functions, like your respiratory system, your circulatory system, digestive system, things that you you don't have to think about doing. Um, there's proteins that builds up. I can't pronounce the words. I'm not even going to attempt it. It starts with an A. <laughs> but they start, either if you have too many of them, they build up. And your brain can't send the signals to where it needs to, like your breathing or your circulatory system, things like that. So they start shutting down and it ultimately leads to death. Where I am now is I can't walk unassisted at all anymore. I can't put my hair up or really brush my hair. My husband has to do that for me. I have a lot of trouble swallowing sometimes. So he has to cut my food up in really small bites, and it's hard for me to cut. I can't cut my food up, so he has to do that. It's really, I guess, it's the hand coordination. Um, I, I think my hands kind of say t- tinted, is what they say. And my blood pressure, a lot of times they can't even get a blood pressure on me when I go to the doctor. If I stand up, sometimes it will drop like I'm literally 68, like over 53. You know, that close. And, you know, and I've passed out a few times from that, if you, from trying to, them just standing me up from a sitting position. Um, and you have a lot of problems breathing. I have, I have a lot of problems catching my breath sometimes. And in my sleep, my husband wakes me up a lot and says, I, I'm struggling to breathe. So I have created an advanced directive already. And I um, went with DNR. You know, I just truly believe that once I'm gone, that God wants me to be. And I don't want to keep living like that. We're just going to keep getting worse, you know. So um, artificial life, I don't want. I've signed up to have my brain, brain, done, brain donated so they can study on the MSA and hopefully gather more research in order to treat it. Now, I will tell you, I haven't been able to walk unassisted since probably late 2019. But um, I had, when I was having a dream, I guess, I was working undercover for the police. And my husband woke me up. I had fallen and I was in the floor from the bedroom. He said, You got up and you started running. I said, What? I can't even get up out of the bed by myself. How is that possible? So we told the doctor about it. He said, it's adrenaline. He said, he's seen some people that are in wheelchairs that would be in natural disasters and they'll get out of their wheelchair and help somebody out of something. You know, it's just 
like moms lifting in the car to save their child or whatever, you know. So I said, huh, maybe that'll be what can carry him and say is get some adrenaline pills, right? <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, you never know. God is in control of your life and your story and anything can change. Well, I got my diagnosis a year and a half ago. And life expectancy of MSA is five to seven years after onset of symptoms. So like I said, onset of symptoms was in 2018. So we're looking at four four years for me. And um, like it progresses rapidly. I mean, it, it progressed so rapidly. My mom, well, I still call her my mom, even though she's my stepmom. She and I are still mom and daughter. Her husband now, he has Parkinson's. And so she's a nurse. She said, this isn't Parkinson's. It's, you're 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 going downhill too quickly you know he has parkinson's it's not like this it's, i've seen people with parkinson's this is not parkinson's so she already knew you know early on that it wasn't parkinson's and when the doctor saw me he spent five minutes with me he was like no you have msa i'm almost 100 percent sure so um started off with charlie horses and like, like my neck and my shoulder having really bad charlie horses that never stopped so i was constantly all you know tense and tight all the time and i weighed 96 pounds when i first saw him i was fading fast and he put me on some botox injections and it helped me relax and Gave me some medicine that helped me sleep and put some weight on him. Boy, did it work. <laughs> I put some weight on. Wow, gal, you've just come through so much. And I really honor and respect what you're doing here by taking the time to go through this. Because I know having come through trauma and suffering and you go through the story, you know, and you can feel the the wounds and the pain and you know and I know God has redeemed you and has brought you through to where you are and there's a lot of healing and recovery that you're going through but you know now you are on the journey of where you're at with awareness and telling your story which is full circle um, in terms of healing I like to say that that's where Kurt Cameron came in I did not know I was going to write a book. Oh, yeah. We got to hear that. Tell us more. Well, after I got my diagnosis, I thought my doctor, well, my doctor said, you need to live your life as your fullest every day because you don't never know when it will be your last day. So I want you to enjoy life as much as you can. So I haven't seen my best friend in um, Vermont in a very long time. My husband and I plan to go to Vermont and visit her. She ended up with COVID, so we weren't able to go. And we were driving by a church in our town. And on the marquee, it said Kirk Cameron was going to be there the following week that we were supposed to go. So he said, since you can't go to Vermont, would you like to go and meet Kirk Cameron? And I said, would I? He was my heartthrob celebrity. I had his posters all over my bedroom walls when I was a teenager, you know. Um, So... I went as a VIP guest where I got to ask him questions and take my picture with him. 
And when it came question time, I raised my hand. Then I got too shy, so I put it down. But now I'm not going to ask. Well, this man in the middle of the aisle, he raised his hand. And Kirk said, yes, sir. He said, the lady on the end of the aisle in the wheelchair, she has a question for you. I said, oh, no, he put me on the spot. And Kirk said, yes, ma'am. And I said, um, are you going to kind of have another Seavers reunion for Growing Pains? He said, we, we were kind of talking about it. I said, I want you to know that when I was a teenager, I wrote you a letter asking you for an autographed picture. And, you know, I gave you three months and you didn't respond to me. So I tore all your posters down off my walls. I was so heartbroken. He said, I said, why didn't you write me back? He <laughs> kind of laughed it off. He said, I'll tell you what, I'll make it up to you tonight. I want to talk with you after the event. So I said, okay. Well, it came picture time, and I gave him a bracelet with defeatmsa.org bracelet. And um, he asked me if that's what I had, and I said, yes, it is. And I asked him to help me stand up for the picture because I wanted to take it standing up and not in the wheelchair. So he did. After the event, I asked the security guard to go and get him so he would sign my um, ticket for me. And he said, he wants to speak with you. So, yes, I'll go get him for you. He went and got him and Kirk came over there. He said, got on his knees and he said, can I pray for you? I said, of course you can. So he was praying for me. After the prayer, I said, God came to me in a vision. and He told me, you don't have much time here on earth. But you must tell your story from the beginning first. I, he said, how do you plan on sharing your story? I said, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to go about it. He said, you need to write a book. I said, but I've never written anything but a poem my whole life. He said, you don't have to write it. God's going to give you the words. You just pray and he'll give you those words that you need to write the book. So I said, okay, well, that was in October last year. The next day, I woke up, I prayed for God to give me words, and He did, and it just came flowing out of me. So I was devoted two to three hours a day writing, and Kurt had told me to keep him updated, you know, and gave me his email address, and I would email him and tell him where I was on, what chapter I was on. When I finished the book, he, in January, he asked me to send him the manuscript that he wanted to read it. And he read it, and he sent me back a forward, beautiful forward. That is another whole God story, Daisy, this whole story. Well, this whole thing has been unreal for me to be able to do this book tour on podcasts that I've been doing to share my story. I've got two goals. First one, of course, is to inspire others to know that God is your He's there with you. He's going to pull you out of any situation. And secondly, you know, to create MSA awareness. But would you mind if I read Kirk Cameron's forward? Because it tells a lot about I would love you to do that. I really appreciate you taking the time. I was going to see if you wanted to do that. So I'm grateful that you're willing to. So take it away. Okay. I still get teary-eyed when I read it, so bear with me. You can cry all you want here. He said, it was an autumn night in Texas when I first met Daisy. She came up to 
me in a wheelchair next to the campfire. Her smile was bright. She shared her journey with me and told me she did not have much time left on earth. I told her to write down her story and I would do anything I can to help her share it with the world. I only spoke with her briefly that night, but her attitude and her resilient spirit inspired me. I hope this book of an individual's incredible journey through emotional, physical, and spiritual pain and coming through the other side still side of tragedy, still praising the Lord, will encourage you in your present situation. Daisy's message will bring you comfort and remind you that you are not alone in your struggles or life circumstances. I pray her words will bring you hope. There is one who knows the plans he has for you, plans to bring you hope in a future. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Kirk Cameron. Says it all. It does. It says it gives the whole full meaning of my book right there. Yes. What an incredible God story. What a blessing. What an inspiration. I know people are going to be praying for you and continue to as you fulfill what God has for you as you transition from this earthly life to heavenly home. And, you know, that's what we all do. We all have to. And as believers, we have that hope, right, Daisy, that we have that hope. And, you know, so our days are numbered. No one knows, really. None of us. But he does, yes. And I am just grateful that somehow the Holy Spirit connected you and I. Um, I don't believe in coincidences. Everything happens for a reason, and he has planned in that. I am a I'm writing a second book. I'm nearly finished with it. It's called Beyond Heaven's Gates. It shares some images of heaven that he has shared with me. And I think he wants me to share those with the world. Because right now, the world really needs him more than ever. We're losing him. We're, we're, we're losing his, we're losing it in our sights the, in this world. I'll tell you what, I do think God will um, use that too. And I'm just going to pray a a quick prayer here over you, Daisy, okay, before we wrap up this podcast um, episode. But uh, Heavenly Father, I just want to take this time in this uh, interview to lift up uh, Daisy and the awareness that she is um, just... um, trying to bring to others around the world of who you are, Jesus. And she wants to inspire and glorify you. And Lord, you know her pain, her suffering, you know, ins and outs of everything she's gone through. You know the people that will come alongside her and have to support her in all of her efforts and what she's trying to do. And I just pray a special blessing over um, this book, Unexpected Moments in the Future book, Lord, and that you would just sustain her and continue to and encourage her every step of the way, Lord. And I do pray for just um, a healing, of course, Lord. I We all want Daisy to be completely healed. That would be just a wonderful thing, Lord. You know, uh, sometimes our journeys aren't easy 
Um, but Lord, you do know, and I just thank you for her and our paths crossing. And I just ask a special, special blessing over her, um, just as she goes forward and trying to raise money to, for her disease. And we just are so grateful, Lord, that there are people like Kurt Cameron out there that are willing to inspire, um, you know, uh, others for you too. And I know Daisy's another light. So we just thank you for listening to our prayer here on this podcast and for what you're doing and how you're going to answer and fulfill uh, our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I want people to know, too, that he does answer your prayers. It may not be when you think you want them to be or what, how you want them to be. But when we pray for healing, sometimes he heals us, but he heals us eternally. That is very, very true because you're either going to be healed on this side and then healed on the other, or it's just the way it seems that God works. It's a mystery. His ways aren't our ways, but we do know that you will get a glorified body and you will not be in pain at some point in time when God chooses to take you home and transition you. But I also know that um, I want to make sure that our listeners have a way of getting a hold of you. And as I've shared, the episode will be up on your page. We'll make sure we have opportunities for people to buy the t-shirt, buy the book, all those things. Um, We'll do some show notes and pictures and all that for, you know, promotion. But I did want to know if you had any closing words for our listeners on how they could reach you and, you know, or how they could get in touch with you. Yes, um, I have. uh, There's a website, unexpectedhyphenmoments.com, or you can find me at Daisy Page Unexpected Moments on Facebook, Daisy Page Author. Um, I think, you know, if you do the facebook.com forward slash forward slash, then it's Daisy Page Unexpected Moments. Um, but that's where I am mostly is on Facebook, but also um, on Instagram under Daisy Page 322. And if you go to Daisy Page, I mean, Unexpected Moments, unexpectedhyphenmoments.com, you can do a contact me. And I will personally email you back. So it will be from me. Well, I'm sure there'll be others that are going to want to, if you're well and you're up to it, to have you share more. Um, But I'm just grateful we were able to connect and you have taken the time out of your day and all the stuff you've got going on to, you know, honor us here on the show by sharing what you've shared today and this evening. Um, and I wanted to thank you again, Daisy. And I would like friends for you to um, share this podcast episode. Do when you hear it, if you feel the a need to do that, um, we would love you to also give us feedback on it. I'm sure Daisy would be blessed to hear um, any feedback on what she shared. and. Anything else, Daisy, before I close the show? Just, as I said, I don't know if I said it before the show, but don't take life for granted. 
you don't know how much longer you have. Always know and enjoy this moment that you have and thank God for what you can do every day, even if it's just basic daily tasks, you know, brushing your hair, walking, things like that. Thank him for those moments. Amen. And until the next show, friends, be heard and be healed. Hi, friends. What if we all gave on one day? We can. On November 29th, 2022, our community will come together for 24 hours of unprecedented giving to support the God-glorifying, evangelistic storytelling work of Altered Stories Ministry through Giving Tuesday. Altered Stories Ministry is dedicated to bringing the hope and healing of Jesus Christ to hurting and broken women around the world through this transformational God stories we share on our podcast platform. Hashtag be heard, hashtag be healed. You can help us raise awareness and funds to further our mission by making a donation online on November 29th, 2022 on our website at www.alteredstories.org and follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thank you for your gift. God bless. Altered Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org. 